and welcome to Teaching Together, the Complete Mathematics Podcast. On the podcast, we talk through a single objective in detail in order to make our teaching of the chosen idea more impactful. I'm Dave Taylor, and today we're joined by my Complete Maths colleague, Johnny Hall. Hello there. What are we looking at today, Johnny? We're looking at the sign rule. So this objective is from Unit 8 of Stage 10 of the Complete Mathematics Curriculum. You can access this objective and the whole curriculum made up of 1,800 objectives at completemaths.com for free. You can follow along at home by heading to completemaths.com forward slash podcast to download the side deck of tasks. And once you've downloaded this, let's dive into teach, do, practice, behave with the sign rule. Before we teach pupils a new idea, we must be sure that we're doing the right maths at the right level. If we're not and it's too easy, we run the risk of boring pupils. But if it's too hard, we run the risk of developing the idea that maths isn't for everyone. And we know that everyone can learn maths well. We can check that we're doing the right maths by assessing prerequisite knowledge. So Johnny, how do you go about that in your classroom? Okay, so obviously um, sign rule comes a while after you've done right angle trigonometry normally. Um, so I like to do like a one-off standalone lesson, which I, which I title quite cheesily Trithagoras which is basically where I show a, a right angle triangle on the board and I give them the two legs. And then I say, right, we're now going to complete this triangle. And by completing the triangle, I mean find the length of the missing side and find the side of all the angles in the shape. And we, we absolutely belt and brace it. We do it every way possible. So we use first Py, uh, Pythagoras to find the hypotenuse. Yeah, and then once we've used Pythagoras to find the hypotenuse, then we use normal right angle trig to find the, the side of the, the missing two angles. Uh, but I don't just use it using the, the sine uh, ratio or the cosine rule, I use it using all three ratios, so using opposite adjacent um, and, and the other three, etc. And then um, I show that like sine 60 is the same as cosine of 30 and, and so on. And then we check it all using like the angles in one in a triangle add up to 180 as well, just to make sure that it fits with that bit of knowledge that we've got as well. So basically, I take one triangle and absolutely like obliterate it using using trigonometry on it three different three different ways. Yeah, that sounds really good. I I did this more recently with my year tens, and they enjoyed this task. Um, I think it brought the trigonometric ratios to life a little bit for them, realizing that this was not just something that you can apply in in one thing. But this is something that we can just use whenever we feel like we want to in right angle triangles. Yeah, absolutely. And to add to that, like I'm, those of you that know me, I'm, I'm a real big fan of getting a lot of questions from from very little work. So literally, you draw one right angle triangle on the board, label two sides, and then all of a sudden you've got like five minutes of work from that by using every ratio, using Pythagoras, using angle sum in a triangle. You get a whole load of work just from drawing a simple triangle on the board. Right, so now that we've checked prerequisites and we know that pupils are ready to learn this new idea, we're ready to teach. In the teach phase, the idea is entirely novel to pupils, though only just beyond their current level of understanding. The teacher shares key facts and uses metaphor and model to explain and describe so that pupils can meaning make and form connections with their current schema. So Johnny, how are we going about introducing the sign rule? Well, believe it or not, Dave, listeners might not believe it, but we have to do a bit of planning before we do these episodes. And we've decided that the sign rule can be really split into, into three different things. It's, it's how we use the sign rule, um, why the sign rule works, and, but then maybe more important later on, what actually is the sign rule? 
And then I feel as though like most mass teachers can maybe answer the first two questions. Um, this is me including math, by the way. I only recently find out exactly what is the sine rule. I, I was fine by dropping the perpendicular, which is my standard sort of introduction. Just, just draw any triangle, drop a perpendicular, and then show using normal right angle trig that the, the height of the perpendicular um, is, is the same as if you attack it from both sides and you get that ratio that is it A sine B equals B sine A, which is maybe a better representation of the sine rule. Yeah, and so you can see that you can see that introduction on side four of the accompanying side deck, um, and you know we do do some planning of these podcasts, uh, and that whole thing of what is the sign rule, kind of just foxed us a little bit. We can apply the sign rule, we can show why it works, but what is it didn't kind of sit well, and so we're going to address that later. So, so we're going to show this right angle trigonometry proof, and then we're just going to go into some examples. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a classic um, topic in my mind where like showing why it works. It's a, it's a relatively quick, straightforward proof, dropping the perpendicular and then showing that okay, so you've got this sine A over A equals sine B over B, um, etc. And then on, and there are other reciprocal of that. And then go into some questions of of, of pupils applying the sine rule. Right. So as we transition out of the teach phase, we're looking for pupils to do, and that's coming up next. Now that we've talked about the teach phase, let's talk about do. In the do phase, pupils are simply replicating what they've been shown, and in most cases, this is likely to be a procedure which leads to a solution. The do phase complements the teach phase by allowing pupils to develop confidence and fluency in working with the new procedure. The teacher is responsive to pupils, amending their model or example to make stronger connections in pupil schema, and maintaining pupil motivation. The aim of this stage is for pupils to be successful in replicating the novel idea, and it's important to state that meaningful learning hasn't yet occurred. So this is just about replication, and I normally like to do this using example problem pairs, alternating between teach and do, and pupils giving me answers on mini whiteboards. But with the sign rule, this doesn't seem appropriate. The idea is so much more involved, and so I'll just set a textbook exercise for people to work through in their exercise books. What about you, Johnny? Oh yeah, to back this up, um, I know often we've, we've said mini whiteboards, and they are a great tool. Um, but I think for more complex ideas like this, I think one of the best things you can do is go around getting with the pupils and doing the doing the circulation and, and, and checking checking their work. And I feel as though um, maybe that sort of skill, especially with the with the COVID years that we have, has been lost a little bit when we was when we was banned from stepping over that one meter line in front of our classroom a little bit. And I put a little um, tweet out last um, last Sunday it was and saying, imagine the scenario if mini mini, mini whiteboards had been banned. What's your next? What's your next step for uh, checking for understanding in the classroom? And a lot of the responses were just getting in amongst the pupils, checking their work, be seen looking to check their work, and um, and circulating, circulating the room. So just on slide five of the slide deck, I've included just some uh, exercises from the CIMT materials. Um, they're just standard sign rule questions where pupils can work to find the length of sides and angles, um, and then sides and angles mixed up. And then once we've completed these exercises, I do like a final hinge question before moving on here. So something like the questions on slide six and seven, uh, just some multiple choice questions where pupils have to uh, say which statement is true. 
I think this is a nice way to test whether people's understand the sign rule and that ability to rearrange it to find a length without, you know, leaning on their calculator too much. Yeah, absolutely. You're not really... Um... Those multiple choice questions are quite tough to do in your head. I know you gave them me uh, before and said, oh, what's the answer to these? And to do them in your head is quite tricky. So the idea is that you, yeah, you do write down the first step, write down the sign ratio first, fill in the sides and the angles that you do know, and then do the rearranging step to get the correct answer. So they are they are quite good hinge questions, those, yeah. Now, having worked for the teach and do phases and pupils have developed fluency with the idea, we're now going to segue into the practice phase. practice phase, pupils move beyond simply performing and begin to develop more flexible knowledge of the idea. Unfortunately, it's quite common that a maths lesson doesn't get this far. Pupils tend to perform with the new idea, but don't form connections between the novel idea and their existing schema, and this affects retention in the long term. Through teach and do, pupils are now fluent with the procedure for the sign rule, so we're now directing their attention to underlying structures, relationships and principles, bringing about strong connections with prior knowledge. We're looking for a well-structured and intelligently designed task that will aid pupils in forming links with their existing schema. So, Johnny, what might we be doing here? So, you've got this Don Stewart task, I think, and it's all to do with using the uh, sign rule with without using a calculator. So, on slide eight, there is a, a task that has been amended from the Don Stewart activity. The the, the, the what is K if sine A equals a third, sine A equals a quarter, sine A equals a fifth. They were all kind of all over the place. And I felt that I added to people's cognitive load. So I've, re I've rearranged it, but I did like the task. And I like the task because I found that when I was teaching the sign rule, pupils were really heavily reliant on their calculator. Whereas here, we're looking at things more like exactric values and the ability to divide by a fraction. And I really like that, the idea of bringing this all together. Similarly, on slide nine, there's another Don Stewart task, which does just focus on the ability to, to use exact trig ratios um, when working with the sign rule. And I think this is a really valid thing to um, have pupils do so that they're not always thinking that the sign rule is just something that is just a calculator thing. And it gives them, you know, it gives more airtime to these topics that they've covered recently but not so recently and then they get that retrieval practice of in this case thirds yeah it's, it's a nice way of interweaving a little bit of exact trig ratios with thirds and, and, and whatnot um just going back to the teach do of, of the sign rule i think one of the issues with the, with this topic is it's relatively easy to have a very successful lesson and for kids to leave uh, thinking they can use the sign rule and get questions right but for me the real difficulty in the sign rule is the identification that it's a sign rule question in the first place. Um, now, at this point in a sort of pupil's mathematical journey, the chances are they've probably not come across the cosine rule yet, but they have come across right angle trigonometry and, and Pythagoras. So I feel as though given a mixed exercise covering those three topics, uh, exact trig ratios, um, right angle trigonometry, 
um, normal Pythagoras where the finding lengths and the sign rule and mixing them up a bit and getting them to identify which ones are the sign rule would be a worthwhile activity. And then later on when they have covered cosine rule as well, start chucking that into the mix as well and when they when they've got the, the area of any triangle as well. So for me it's about having a, this mixed exercise where they're picking and choosing uh, is it the sine rule, is it the cosine rule, is it Pythagoras, is it right angle trig and so on. Yeah, that's the idea of method selection, isn't it? Where we're trying yeah. to, to get within the domain of trigonometry, we're trying to get them to realise that they can use different things because what happens at the end of year 11 is they open a GCSE paper and the first thing that they've got to do is yeah. select a method to use for any question that they see. Absolutely. Anyone can do a cosine rule question or anyone can do a sine rule question if they get told it's a sine rule question, which is normally the context of the lesson when you're first introducing sine rule. Uh, but it's that it's that it's that practice later on where you're interweaving the skills that's so important. So after pupils have formed these strong connections, assimilating this idea into their schema, we're looking at them behaving mathematically. In order to develop mathematicians, this phase is the most important of all. We deepen understanding through behaving mathematically, and when behaving mathematically, maturation matters. Tasks are chosen from well-embedded and mature ideas that connect to the novel idea. A good rule of thumb is that this kind of maturation takes two years, so we're looking for pupils to transition from specialising to conjecturing and generalising through to analysing and reasoning with a related idea from the two stages previous. For the sign rule, what does behaving mathematically look like, Johnny? Okay, so one, one nice task I like to do is point out the fact that all this right-angle trigonometry that they learnt um, could now technically, if you really want to, be replaced by just the sine rule. Because for any right angle triangle that they've ever, they've ever solved using, using their right angle trigonometry, and they'll call it normal trigonometry then, uh, Dave gave me a, a dodgy look. Um, you can always, say you've got given an, an angle and a side, you can always use angle rules in a triangle to find the side of the other angle to begin with. And then you can just apply the sine rule to find whatever, whatever you want in that triangle. So I just think it's a nice link to show um, why sine 90 is, is equal to 1, because you can just write any right angle trigonometry question as, um, in this case, on slide, what is it, Dave? What slide is this? It's on slide 10. On slide 10, you can just see that instead of writing sine 35 equals x over 5, you can write it as x over sine 35 equals 5 over sine 90. And that's the right angle that we're using there to, to use and apply the, the sine rule. And this works because sine 90 is equal to 1. Exactly, yeah. Good. Um, now, we spoke earlier about how we do put some thought into this and how there were three parts to the sine rule. There was how to use a sine rule, why it works, and then what it is. And cards on the table, we have no idea, we had no idea um, what the sine rule was. Um, and I think this might be the case for, for a lot of listeners. So on slide 11, uh, Johnny's put together this this progression through um, labelling a triangle. You then draw the the triangle circumcircle, which may be a new word to other people as well. And then using circle theorems to to show what the sine rule is. Yeah, exactly. And like the sine rule, it, it looks like these three ratios: a over sine a equals b over sine b equals c over sine c. So, so what are those ratios representing? And it's actually the diameter of the circumcircle 
um, if, if you draw the circumcircle around any any triangle, which I thought was quite interesting. It's something I've never never realised before, and I've taught the sign rule for like going on seventeen years. I've taught how to use the sign rule. I've I've, ta I've I've taught why it works using the dropping the perpendicular proof, but never what the sign rule actually represents. It's the diameter of something. That that diameter thing never really landed with me. I wasn't taught it at school, um, and when I realised this when I was playing about with autograph, um, it just became this this thing that that I just wanted to delve into deeper. And I was wondering, well, why does the sign rule work? And my I mean, my searching took me to Eddie Wu's YouTube channel. Um, Johnny, you're a fan of Eddie Wu. Oh, I love him. Absolutely. Yeah, like great. So I found this. Why does the sign rule work? And it was part one of three, and it just it just enlightened this for me. Now, if you want to use this with your pupils, you might have to come across the idea of a circumcircle. And so on slide 12, I've also put the construction steps for the circumcircle of a triangle. And you can play that through and animate it all the way through so that you can have a triangle, construct its circumcircle, and then show pupils why the sign rule works. Well, that's it for this episode of Teaching Together. Remember that you can check out the entire curriculum for free at CompleteMaths.com. That's over 1,800 objectives, from counting to calculus. We hope that you've taken a lot from this episode, and if you have any questions, comments or thoughts, don't hesitate to get in touch on Twitter. My handle is at TaylorDear01. And I'm at StudyMaths. Or you can get in touch with CompleteMaths on at Ed. We're also available on email. I'm Dave at CompleteMaths.com. And I'm Johnny at CompleteMaths.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your chosen podcast provider. And please feel free to pass the pod to both colleagues and friends so that we can all improve our teaching together. Until next time, take care. Mm -hmm.